happening. But tonight, uh, I just want to take a little bit of time and talk about this um, subject of fundamentals. Um, it's the, this word has changed over the last uh, day or day and a half. And, and this is what God put on my heart today. And I, I just think in the midst of everything that's going on in this nation and, and in the world, it's just important to go back sometimes to the fundamentals, the foundations, if you will. And fundamentals, even the best of athletes in spring training and baseball, Brother John, when the Reds show up there, no matter if they've been in the major leagues for 20 years, they practice bunting, making a simple throw to first base or whatever it is. It's getting back to those fundamentals and the things that they know to be the things that they have to be able to do at any given time. And sometimes we, we can get away from those things and get caught up in, in the other things that are going on, especially in this world at this time. And I can think just throughout my life how I've seen the world and this nation go into so much more chaos. And I can think of when I was young and then when my parents were young and when their parents were young, everybody would always say, oh, this generation, or I can't believe how crazy things are now. Well, I can tell you, right now, there's no question things are crazy. If you don't believe that we're in the end times, that's okay. I don't know if we're at the days uh, as it was with Noah. I have no idea. But I do know this, things that are good are being called bad. And things that are bad are being called good. Right is being called wrong, and wrong is being called right. So I do know that much, and I believe that we can all sense in our spirit that we are in the end times. And there is chaos around us. And even at that time in Noah, I've got to wonder and take a little bit of liberty and, and imagine that someone at some point or another approached Noah and, and said, you know what? I'm, I'm concerned about what you're saying is going to happen this upcoming flood. And I'm going to help you with this. And I just wonder if somebody helped him for a day and then said, you know what, I'm going to go back to the other things that concern me. Some people may have even helped for years. I don't know. I, I, there's no scripture. I don't have that. But I just can't help but wonder if some people were there and, and helped and labored and then said, ah, I think I'm just going to go back to the other things that I can see that are, 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 are fruitful and maybe, you know, working or providing for myself, whatever it may be. And then that time came, and they missed. And I, I just see at this time when so, many, so much chaos is going on that people are in, investing and always have, but are investing in things that are failing. And even though they're recognizing they're failing, they continue to do so. And I, and I see, you know, last year as the, the virus broke out, there was a, a flood of people to listen to preaching or, or go to church or get baptized, and some of those have drifted off. And I think back to 9-11, I think I remember hearing that people started to come back to church, and then that waned off. And, and people continue, and it's easy for even us to do to say, well, I'm going to go ahead and just invest my time and my energy and my emotion into this because that's just what the enemy does. That's what complacency does. That's what getting away from the fundamentals, 
getting away from the foundations of this word does. Because it's easy to say, well, I'm going to, because everybody's got a health scare going on, I'm going to start exercising and and get into a workout and, and join a gym, especially after New Year's. People tend to do that. But the truth of the matter is, you can be the person in the best shape of the world and you don't know when your appointed time is. You don't know when God is going to say, this is it. This is the time. You could be in the best shape of your life. A lot of people will invest in financial institutions or whatever it may be. And we have no idea when the economy is going to be done and over with. It's coming. It's coming. Some people invest and, and, and throw themselves into their careers and, to, and into their jobs. And I think back of growing up, my, my parents told me, you need to get in a, in a company and you need to have a long-term plan and get in there and stay there. And my dad worked, if you probably a lot of you from Cincinnati know, uh, of the company Swallens, um, which was great. I loved it when I was a kid going to and, and they had everything. And, um, but what happens when that company closes its doors? And you've said, I've invested in this. And, and then now what? Thank you, Jesus, he'll provide for his people. Some people invest in athletics or, or sports teams. If you live or are from Cincinnati, that's not a wise investment at all. But that's what some people invest in. And we are seeing all those things are built on sinking sand. We are seeing all of those things failing before our very eyes. And people are running. It's chaotic. People are scared. People are, are, are looking into this and looking into that, listening to this person, listening to that person. Politicians, I've learned, I've lived long enough to know I'm not putting anything, any investment in, in, in any political party or any politician. Why am I going to invest my time, my energy, my focus on somebody that's not Holy Ghost filled? If they are, amen, that's great. But what interest do they have in me? Why, why am I going to invest in a boss or a politician or, or, or someone that is trying to influence me when they don't have my salvation at heart? They're not going to answer on that day of judgment. I'm not their concern. But the world is, is running. People are running and scared and trying to figure those things out. So I want to look at what are my foundations. What are my fundamentals that I invest in, that I want to hold true to, that I want to hold on to and say, when this is going crazy, because the reality is we wake up, we turn on the news, right? I mean, we, we are living it. If you don't, amen, that's great. But you're going to go to work. You're going to go to a social setting. And these things are just part of our lives. We can't get away from the things that are happening right now. It's easy for us to look back at the children of Israel and get on them and say, well, why did you, you know, why would they do this? Why would they doubt Moses? Why would they doubt God? Why they just saw the Red Sea part or on down the line. But the thing is, we weren't living at that moment with them. So we're in this moment and in this time. And it's easy to say, well, what's going to happen if my, my 401k collapses tomorrow? It's easy to say, what's going to happen when this doctor report comes back and it's not good? It's easy to, to fear those things, but that's not what we're supposed to do. 
It's not what we're supposed to do. And I want to always be able to grasp a hold of my fundamentals, my foundational truths, and say this is something that I can cling to. This is something that I can hold on to, and I know that is true. There are scriptures, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is my go-to. It is my faith, it, that is my life scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. I turn my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, his name is a strong tower. All those things I can look to in a given moment, but what are my foundational beliefs? What are the things that I can say, this is what I'm going to grasp when quoting the scripture just isn't enough in the moment. When, when quoting the scripture gives me peace for that moment, but the challenges that lay ahead of me for the next few days or months, or when I look around at what's going on in this world and in this nation especially, the chaos, the division, the anger, the frustration, what are the things that I can grab a hold of that are my foundational truths that, don't, or that are not swayed, that will not be pushed away with the wind, but that are solid and true and just? What are those fundamentals? One of them is, Jesus Christ is my Savior. Jesus Christ is my Savior. That's one truth that I can know that I can hold on to and I can grasp and I can say nothing else is my Savior. Again, no politician is going to die on a cross for me. We a lot of times will say, well, I would, I would you know, take a bullet for that person. I would die for that person. Well, those are usually people that you love the most. How many people would die for somebody that has spit on you? has stabbed you, has hurt you. Not many people. Jesus Christ, that is my Savior. And I'm going to look at some scriptures to, to, to back all of these things up that are foundations, and there's so many more, but Jesus Christ is my Savior. That's the only thing I can put my hope into. That's the only thing I can put my trust into because the world right now is trying to say, look at this, trust in me, trust in this, trust in that. Look over here. Believe us. We're the ones that are right. No, believe us. We're the ones that are right. It's just constant. The enemy is out there. Chaos is abound. But Jesus Christ is my Savior. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I am. I know that we all are. That's why I have to say, you know what? I can't save myself. I'm not going to be able to do anything to ever save myself. So I understand that we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God, but Jesus Christ is my Savior. Luke 19 and 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Who else has come to seek and to save that which was lost? No one but Jesus Christ, my Savior. My Savior, thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. There's nothing I can do. I have to know that and hold on to that and say, I'm not going to be able to do anything that's going to save me. It's the, it's the grace of God. It's Calvary. It's the cross. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. It's a gift that he has given us. It's not my works. It's not your works that you're going to be able to do or that we're going to be able to wake up and suddenly say, I'm going to do this today to get myself saved. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Another foundational truth, Jesus loves me. 
Jesus loves me. Go ahead and say it. Jesus loves me. An ama- a, a testimony that I saw that just touched me so dearly, and it's been a while since I've seen this, but this testimony was of a, a Muslim woman that had grown up never even experiencing, didn't know anything about any kind of love, nothing, nothing about it, didn't have parents. Her, her, her parents abused her. Um, she was sold into a marriage at like the age of 12 or 13. Um, that husband was abusive and, and, and was not loving to be, uh, that, that, that's the simplest way to put it. It was a pretty bad relationship. And then that husband sold her to another man to be, um, to be with. And once again, no love in, in that relationship. And, and she said, and in this testimony, when you see her and hear her, just as she expressed that, you could see the distraught that was on her face at that time. And she said, I was finally, it was finally over. It was done. I just couldn't, I couldn't bear another day because my whole life, she said, I have never experienced one person that has ever shown me any love. And, and this is the religion that I grew up in and was exposed to and everything about it was abusive to all of my experiences. But thankfully, one person that she just kind of knew was telling her about Jesus. One person, just one person was telling her about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And she thought no. And she was so distraught and so broken in her life that she didn't give it a whole lot of thought. But finally one day as she was about ready to take her own life and said she just couldn't take it anymore, take this life, she said, you know, this person has talked to me about Jesus, and I don't know what he is, but they said, that he, they said that he loves me. And she started to cry out and said, Lord Jesus, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are. I don't know anything about you. But if you're real, if you exist, if you are this, per, this person, this God that supposedly loves me, please do something right now. And suddenly, in that instance, she was completely consumed by the presence and the love of God. For hours, she was caught up in the Spirit. For hours, she was caught up in the Holy Ghost and in the presence of God and came out and said, I don't know what that was, but I've never felt love like that before. And from that moment on, she has given her life to Jesus Christ. God gave her a a godly husband and a godly life, children that she loves, changed her whole life around. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Say it again. Jesus loves me. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he died on the cross. Everything that you're doing, whatever you have been caught in, there's nothing that the cross can't fix. There's nothing that that Calvary cannot fix. There's nothing that Jesus Christ and his love for you can't fix and can't change. Because Jesus loves me. 1 John 4, 16-19. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. 
and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And lastly, 19, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. I used to struggle with that and try to understand what that meant. And then I, I, I realized, and, and Pastor has preached before uh, about this, and it's he loves us so much. He loves you so much that that gives me the ability to, to love him back. I couldn't love him without his love. And he loves us so much. I, I don't have the scripture written down, but he gave his only begotten son. And I think about that scripture, and I think about how much love we have for our own children, if you have your own children. Why did we have children? It wasn't to, for them to worship us, to follow us around, to, to praise us. We do all those things because God is holy, and he's righteous and true. But the fact is, God created us because he had love to give. He had love that he wanted to create. That's how much he loves us. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from lo the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Another foundational, fundamental truth. Jesus forgives me. He forgives me. Ephesians 1, 6 through 7. If you can pull that up. Jesus forgives my sin. Ephesians 1 and 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins according to riches of his grace. Again, nothing else can forgive me. Nothing else can forgive you of your sins. Nothing else. There's no one else that can do it. No one else hung on that cross and took every sin on him. No one else ever did that. No one else loves you enough to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hang on this cross, and I'm going to take all of these sins. That's how I know that I'm forgiven because of Jesus Christ hanging on that cross. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everything that I did, everything that I did before that forgiveness, before that repentance, before that baptism in Jesus' name, before being filled with that Holy Spirit, everything has been washed away, passed away. To be able to be a new creation, is there anything else that we can look to? Out of all the things that I mentioned that people put their hope in, put their livelihood in, put their faith in, is there anything else that makes us a new creation? Is there anything else that will 
allow me to wake up and say, neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. I am a new creature in Jesus Christ. Jesus forgives me. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is my protector. Who else is protecting us? We put faith in a lot of things there, too. Again, governments, armies, militaries, weapons, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, Jesus is my only protector. When the enemy's on the attack, Jesus is my only protector. There's nothing else that I can have faith in. When the enemy comes in like a flood, there's nothing else I'm going to be able to turn to except for calling on the name of Jesus Christ and saying, Lord God, I call on your name right now, Jesus, because I have nowhere else to turn, but I'm going to call on you, Jesus, because you are my protector. You are my strong tower. You are my banner. You are my fortress. Jesus is my protector. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3. But the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one? Who else will protect you and guard you for the, from the evil one? Who has the power to protect you from those fiery darts? Who has the strength to protect you from those fiery darts or from the enemy when he comes in like a flood? It's one thing. Jesus Christ, my protector, when I call on that name. 1 Peter 3, 12 through 13. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? If we become followers of what is good, what else is out there that can harm you? What else can harm you? It's, it's, the, it's when we get caught and we get caught up in those other things, when we start putting our faith and those other things that we make ourselves vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. That's when the enemy can come in and get your mind. Because your mind is a powerful tool that the enemy tries to attack. Our mind is where the enemy will try to bring you down. Cast imaginations. Put imaginations in your mind. Cause you to start thinking this thing about that person. Or thinking this thing about that situation. When you have no idea. You have no idea what the situation truly is. And the enemy so often comes in and starts filling us up with those imaginations. Building up strongholds. When he has no power or authority to do that, become followers of what is good. When I know that Jesus is my protector, when those thoughts start to come into my mind, when I start to feel a depression or attack of the enemy or hopelessness, I know that Jesus is my protector. The enemy is trying to divide people. He's trying to divide us. He's trying to divide the churches. He's trying to divide this nation, certainly, this world. It is constant. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, though. No weapon formed against you when you're in what is good shall prosper. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. If I'm in the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against me. Knowing those things, those fundamentals, and saying, this is what I'm going to stand on. This is the truth that I wake up to every day. Jesus is my everything. Another fundamental that I have to stand on. Jesus is my everything. Philippians 4 and 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches 
and glory by Jesus Christ. All of my needs. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. The thing is, he knows your needs already without you having to pray. He already knows. When I sit down and pray and do devotion every morning, I look at and I fill out that list of things that are daily prayers, daily things that I want to pray for, personal things. And then you write down the things of people that you know are in need. The majority of the time, I don't even look at the things that I'm, I'm praying for personally. I just hold it up and say, Lord God, you already know. You already know. I'm going to intercede for this person. I'm going to intercede for this time because I already know that you're my protector because that's one of my fundamental truths. So I'm going to say I'm already going to go on that and, and, and begin this prayer in boldness knowing, Lord God, that you know. You know every need. You're going to provide those things. But you know what? I'm going to take this time and I'm going to pray for, Hugh, uh, for Will Hughes because this is an urgent need because you're my protector, Lord God. 1 Peter 3, 12 through 13. First Peter 3, 12 through 13. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You don't have to worry about those people that are attacking you. You don't have to worry about what's going on at your workplace, in your family, with the neighbor with the person that just cut you off on the highway, whatever it may be, that's not what we need to be caught up and worrying in. The enemy would certainly have us get caught up in that. The enemy would certainly have us wake up, have a wonderful morning of prayer, a time with God, got your favorite gospel song on the radio, on your drive, on your commute, and then that person do the thing that you hate the most. Maybe they're in the passing lane and they're going as slow as anybody to the right of you. Maybe they've cut you off. Maybe somebody turned out in front of you, whatever it may be. Maybe you're one of those people. I don't know. Maybe you get to work in that situation, that, that, that boss, that manager, whatever it may be, has something that is, they're coming against you. Maybe you're going to school and that classmate, that person is coming against you. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is my protector. Jesus Christ is your protector. He's the one that has got good for you. He's the one that has good plans for you. Romans 8, 28. We know that he has good plans for you. You don't have to worry about the ones doing evil. You don't have to get caught up in that and, and, and play those games. God will take care of those things. Don't let yourself or your mind get consumed with that. The enemy wants you to get your mind consumed with the things, that, the chaos of the enemy. The enemy wants you to be focused on that instead of the good things of God. God is your protector, church. God is your protector and will be with you every day and every way. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're waking up against, what you're facing tomorrow. It doesn't matter what it is. He is your protector. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And again, my everything. Jesus is my truth. Say that with me. Jesus is my truth. Again, there's nothing else I can hold on to in this world. 
There's nothing else I've been taught in school growing up. doesn't matter what the, the medical industry is saying, what the politicians are saying. They're always contradicting one another. This political party is against that political party. This doctor says this. This doctor says that about a virus or whatever it may be next or whatever's going on right now. Jesus is my truth. This word is my truth. And if I can't grab a hold of that, what else am I going to grab a hold of? What else am I going to hold on to? John 14 and 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If I can just grasp that each and every day when I wake up and I say, okay, when I go out today, I'm going to know, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. The world is going to say this to me today when I wake up in my first encounter. The world is going to say this. My job is going to say this. My teacher, my school, whatever it is, is going to say this. But I have to remember Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Science is constantly trying to say, well, evolution, or here's the missing link, or this, or that, or the other. This is how the universe was created. I don't care. Keep trying to prove it all you want. I know who the creator is. I know who spoke the existence of the universe into place. I know who my God is. I know what the truth is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what I'm going to stand on. That is the solid rock that I'm going to stand on, not the sinking sand. Jesus is my truth, 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and 33. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. He is not the author of confusion. So in a time when there's so much confusion out there, in a time when as soon as you turn on the headlines, as soon as you open up your Twitter, as soon as you look at what somebody's posting on Facebook or Instagram, if they're not quoting, if they're not saying something that's found in this, then it's not true. I'm not going to invest in it. I'm not going to put my time and my energy into it because it can cause confusion. All I know is what I was, how I was raised, the circumstances to how I was raised, the thoughts and the systems that I was raised around, what makes me right versus somebody else. I don't know. It's only based on what I've learned and what I know. But I know if I find it in here, if I find it in the word of God, it's true. And it's not confusion. The enemy, Satan, is the author of confusion, not Jesus Christ. He is peace. He is love. He is understanding. So I know if I start getting a, a chaotic thought, if, if you're in a situation where you're wondering and getting a, especially an emotional reaction to something on the workplace, in an environment with family or, or, or a certain place or a certain situation when emotions rise and get heated and we start to think, this doesn't sound right. This isn't right. We can know then, okay, this isn't the truth. If it's not in here, it's not the truth. The author of confusion is right now attacking me, trying to get me caught up in this conversation to get me aggravated, to get me upset with this situation and cause me to react in a way that is not going to be of God. Jesus is not the author of confusion. He is truth. 
The last thing I want to look at is Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. John 1, 1 through 5. Jesus is the light of the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the beginning, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not comprehend it. And I'm going to say this to you tonight, church. Most of the time, you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance, wherever you may be, you're probably the brightest light in that room. When you go to work or when you go to a family event, whatever it may be, you're probably the brightest light in that, in, at, at that moment. Let that light shine. Just like they taught, just like we did a VBS years ago, let your light shine. Why else, what else are we going to do in this world? The darkness is not going to comprehend you when you let the light shine of Jesus Christ. He is the light. He came down and he is the light. Let your light shine. Whatever situation you're going into, let your light shine. Be Jesus Christ in that situation. When arguments arise, when strife arises, let your light shine. You are going to be the brightest light in that situation. Be the light. It is Jesus Christ. It is the truth. It is a foundation that you can stand on. You can walk into any situation. And whatever is happening, however people are fighting, aggravated, upset with one another, you can walk in and you can be the light. That's, what you, that's, what I, that's a foundation. That's a fundamental that I have to do each and every day. Yes, we're supposed to spread the gospel, but I need to be the light. And it doesn't matter how you do it. You may not be the most vocal person. You may not be the loudest voice in the room. You can walk in and people will notice when the light enters the room. People will notice when the Holy Ghost enters the room. If you've been filled with the Spirit of God, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, the moment you walk into that room... The moment you walk into that chaotic situation, something changes. The atmosphere changes because the light of the world has entered into that room. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Tree of life, holy ghost-filled saints, don't be afraid of the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. It's not going to comprehend you. We have too many saints that are, that are struggling that are down, that are defeated. And I get it. As soon as you turn on the news or the media, it's easy to start comprehending darkness, 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 darkness. As soon as you enter in a conversation on social media, darkness, opinions, darkness, opinions, it doesn't matter. Be a light. The darkness will not comprehend you. Don't be intimidated by the enemy. Don't be intimidated by the darkness. It's not going to comprehend you. Don't be afraid to speak the truth. Don't be afraid to speak this word. Don't be afraid to walk into a room where they're talking about how bad Christians in or how, how wrong this book is and say, nope, you're wrong. You got it wrong. I've heard so many times people say that think they may understand the Bible. Oh, well, I've read the Bible. The God of the Old Testament, he's just mean. Or, well, the Bible contradicts itself. Or, you know, there's a lot of people that wrote a lot of books. There's a lot of gods. Man wrote the Bible. A lot of things, a lot of opinions out there. Don't be afraid to say no. 
that's not true. You've not read this. You've not read this in prayer. You've not read this full of the Holy Ghost if that's what you're going to believe. Don't allow the darkness to comprehend us. Don't allow the darkness to comprehend you. Don't walk away from a situation believing that you haven't made a difference. So many times, I can think back to even before I, I gave my life back to God. And, and you know, I, I remember being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ at seven years old, being filled with the Holy Ghost when Bishop Buller and Sister Buller were praying with me on a Sunday night at the, in the old building when I was 10 years old. And, and, and growing up and getting away from that, I remember going into situations where I was living in the world, and people would say, there's something different about you. There's something different about you. There's something different about you, tree of life. Don't forget that when you walk into a place, when you walk into your work place, when you walk into your family event, you are the light. Be the light. Don't let the, don't let the darkness comprehend us. If we could stand and if the musicians would come, just remember that the darkness will never consume you. This is a fundamental truth. Fundamental truth, Jesus Christ is my Savior. There's no other Savior. Jesus loves me. If you weren't loved growing up, if you haven't experienced love, if you've had relationships that were not loving, Jesus loves you. Jesus has forgiven you. He's forgiven me. It's a foundation, a fundamental truth that I can stand on. Jesus is my protector. When you don't know where else to turn, Jesus is your protector. Jesus is my everything. He's my everything. I don't want to turn anywhere else. It's all failing. Look around, it's all failing and passing away. Kings and kingdoms shall pass away. How many people in past, we look at it right now, and we look at these great kingdoms or great politicians or, poli or whatever it may be, uh, countries, and, and we think, well, they'll, they'll never fall. They'll fall. How many powerful kings and kingdoms throughout history thought they would never fall, have fallen and are gone? Jesus is my everything. I'm a stranger just passing through. I am an ambassador to the Lord Jesus Christ. This world is not my home. This nation is not my home. The kingdom of God is my home. Heaven is my home. Why am I going to get caught up in some things that are going to fall away? Why am I going to die on a hill arguing with someone about something that is going to pass away? somebody that doesn't even care about me. Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my truth. Satan is a liar, and Jesus is my truth. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Let your light shine, tree of life. Holy Ghost-filled saint, let your light shine. Let it shine tomorrow. Nobody else is seeing it. They're not seeing anything but anger. They're not seeing anything but fighting. Be the light. In Jesus' name, can we seek him for a second?
If you want to come forward and grasp a hold of a fundamental foundation tonight, please do. If you want to pray where you're at, please do. But seek the Lord for a few minutes on some things because right now you're being attacked. The enemy is coming at you with some things, some lies, each and every day. And it's only these fundamentals that are going to get you through. You have to hold on to them each and every day and say, you know what? I'm being fed a lot of lies right now. A lot of things are coming at me, but I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to take a hold of some of these foundations. I'm going to get back to those fundamentals, those things that I know that I can trust in. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, right now, speak to us, God. Help us to know, Lord God, there is no other way. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. Your knowledge is higher, God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. There's nothing but you, Jesus. Help me to put my trust in you, God. To trust only in you, Jesus. Jesus' name.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is reaching for someone right now tonight. You put your faith in a lot of different things. You put your trust in a lot of different things. God is reaching. Reaching tonight. Remember those truths. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. I'm just thankful for fundamental and foundational truths that I can stand on. In a world that is sinking, I'm thankful for this word. I'm thankful for this truth. And to be able to just call on that name at any time. To pray and open this word and find him and get direction from him. If you're getting direction from anything other than this truth, you need to seek the Lord. You need to get into his word. And ask him to show you and change the direction you're on. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything else 
the chaos is of the enemy. He is true and he is just. I hope that you can make it Saturday morning. We're going to pray. We're going to go into a season of prayer at Tree of Life Church because of the things that are getting ready to happen. The move that God is going to do in this city. I believe Tree of Life is going to be a big part of what happens in Montgomery, Cincinnati, the nation. Thank you, Jesus, for this church, for this congregation, and for all of you. In Jesus' name, I hope you can make it Saturday morning at 930. Amen.